ready for another spooky? Yeah, no, not really. That's it's, as much of that as... No, it still is. This is still a spooky <laughs> episode. <laughs> Halloween draws ever nearer. Uh, unbelievably, it's the middle of October. I don't know quite how that happened, but here we are. Mm. and uh when you think the middle of october obviously oh and it's a full moon i guess or is going to be one i don't know i saw people posting about their cats being weird and blaming the full moon so i'm assuming that there is one i mean cats are just weird anyway because they're cats so i don't know and literal lunacy isn't a thing either right (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's you can understand why people try i mean humans are our pattern matching machines <laughs> to a certain extent and uh, a lot of that ends up being false <laughs> and one of the false yep. things is the moon the full moon makes people nuts or like in california the santa ana winds make people angry <laughs> <laughs> which maybe indirectly in that they tend to make it hotter and drier well, and things yeah. <laughs> catch fire but not you know psych- like it doesn't act directly on your psyche uh right as as wind um <laughs> so let's talk about werewolves and vampires there's not much to say about werewolves other than you know the whole moon thing, which doesn't have anything to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although if you if you've never played Gabriel Knight two uh, and you don't have to play the first game to understand it, you probably should because it's really good and it's about. Is that a spot? No, not really. <laughs> it's about werewolves and it's actually kind of interesting and you'll learn a little bit of uh, German history, which is cool. And it has uh, some like considering it's like a live ish. <laughs> I don't know. It's like pixelated dudes, and some of them are kind of hot, which is nice. <laughs> like the the main, I find the main werewolf guy pretty hot. Um, <laughs> um, but you will get awfully sick of uh, Gabriel's hair flipping. I've ruined the game for you now. I apologize. Because <laughs> now you, you won't be able to see anything else. Um, uh, so remember those bad co-opted by Nazis things we talked about last week? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Werewolves were one of them. Um, And in fact, you know, they also refer to themselves as the wolves uh, because their take on the whole thing was that it was a curse (laughs) um, and that it was a tragedy when the uh, inevitably aristocrat (laughs) um, uh, was uh, posthumously dismembered for having been discovered to be a werewolf allegedly yeah but there's the thing with all the murders like now i can't say for sure that every aristocrat who was killed and dismembered and suspected of being a werewolf killed a bunch of people but like is it that far-fetched not really there was that countess or whatever who would like bathe in the blood of virgins or i think they're making a movie or made a movie about her yeah. or something sometime within the last 10 years you're jumping ahead <laughs> that's the other thing (laughs) i know i'm sorry but that you know that's the kind of thing that aristocrats have historically done is be terrible to people who are less fortunate than them which is everyone yeah so the nazis sort of picked werewolves as their horror of choice because (laughs) um having alleged german origin read actually french um (laughs) they also took a unique take on the vampire 
One of the earliest examples of film we have, of course, is uh, Nosferatu, a German vampire film. And that's kind of the origin of the, like, undead, but in the zombie way version of the vampire. Right, the non-sexy vampire. Yeah, uh, and Nosferatu's uh, prosthetics are uh, dewy. Yeah, suspiciously. <laughs> it is, it is not subtle once you, like, it, it's the uh, FedEx arrow thing, like, ruined forever. <laughs> right. It's like not, yeah. yeah, it's not subtle at all. <laughs> and also because, you know, uh, uh, vampire legends, you know, were from the Roma and uh, Eastern European and the Jews, all the people <laughs> that they were right. already against anyway. Yeah, I think there are actually some really interesting, like, Jewish-specific legends about vampire-like uh, creatures that I don't actually know enough about. But I should look that up again. I, was, I remember reading something <laughs> about that sometime within the last 10 years. Yeah, but generally, when it's not being messed up by Nazis for political gain, <laughs> the basic <laughs> idea of the classical vampire is that they are a flimsily veiled tale of temporarily embarrassed millionaires because the vampire is like literally a landlord. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, their sexiness and opulence, like it's all that something that's desired by some uh, human at the start of the story characters in addition to, you know, the ones that are just food. Right. Which, you know, sounds like something that's been happening forever. The, <laughs> uh, there's the lower class people who bend over for the rich because they think they might be one day. They uh, lick the boot or get bitten on the neck. <laughs> right. Uh, although, at least that's guaranteed transfer of vampire, uh, vampire powers most of the time. Yeah. Depending depending on your on which vampire myth you you subscribe to, but yeah, yeah. Whereas you know, boot looking rarely gets you anywhere. You, you just think it will. Yeah, you end up eating bugs, and that's just not cool <laughs> <laughs> or sexy. <laughs> but outside of the metaphor, um, where you jumped ahead before is uh, history also kind of has a couple literal vampires. Uh, there was, a, like you said, a Countess Bathelroy, I think. That sounds familiar. Something like that. What's not decided by history is, like, the extent to, like, the numbers. Not, yeah. not, not that she bathed in the blood of uh, young women. It's um, how young did they go? How many and how were they abducted? <laughs> were any related? Yeah. Were their family in on it? Uh, it's kind of like the Epstein stuff where I'm like repeatedly <laughs> going to remind people that uh, there's a lot of one percenters who need to have their day in court, even if it is just as a witness. Yeah. Like if you know about that kind of stuff and don't say anything. That makes you complicit yep. just by the way. And that's bad. Uh I mean, really, whenever whenever you're complicit in the abuse of other humans, particularly minors, uh, you should you should really uh, and and like it's not even quite as as well. It's getting there, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's it's not quite medieval again yet. But you know, I, I we're it, 
We definitely have uh, an upper class and an underclass and an ever diminishing uh, band of, of people in the middle. And that's not great, uh, which and uh, it's the, <laughs> the, the thing about uh, modern day vampires preying on the lower classes <laughs> is it's a big thing nowadays uh, for people who are in relatively desperate circumstances to straight up sell their plasma. Um, and I, I have such mixed feelings about that because on the one hand, I absolutely don't want to take away a source of cash from people. But on the other hand, that's ghoulish. So, uh, yeah, like you don't want to take away any cares flow, no matter what it is. Uh, but there's also the uh, subprime lending aspect of it where you have you know these waiting periods before you can donate again but if you can uh hobble your bloodless self to another clinic they only know your last visit with them so yeah. you can kind of double dip and like that's very dangerous the whole thing sounds mighty fishy like you can you can only do it every what once a week or once every two weeks or something like that but like nobody actually knows what happens to you if you keep removing uh, your plasma <laughs> time and time again? Because, like, under normal circumstances, that's not a thing that happens to a human. Right. Generally speaking, your plasma stays inside of your veins and it circulates. And granted, you make more of it, but uh, it's just, uh, it, you know, <laughs> it's just not normal. And I can't help but suspect that that's got to be pretty bad for you in the long run. I mean, you can't just take... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... Like, there's a reason uh, blood drives go around to office buildings, which is that those of us, you know, who are <laughs> sedentary and mm. overfed um, <laughs> and uh, there's no profit motive other than, yeah, you know, just social credit. Um, <laughs> right. And cookies. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story, I was I was signed up for a blood drive at my office building, but it turned out I got appendicitis the day before I was supposed to go. So I canceled that while I was in the ER. Well. Because <laughs> I was like, hmm, this seems to be going in a direction where I'm definitely not going to make it to that. Plus, they probably wouldn't want me after a whopping dose of antibiotics and whatever the hell else. Opiates, yeah. you know, what have you. Uh, <laughs> plus, that was, you know, the day after my surgery. I literally got stuck on the couch. I had to have my husband pull me up, uh, which was very sweet of him. And I was terrified <laughs> that that would hurt me, too. Um, but yeah, so but that's neither here nor there. Um, also, I probably told talked about that. Whatever. Um, no, we just yeah. talked about your wardrobe of uh, dresses. Oh, right. Uh, which <laughs> which I've somewhat expanded, but not really enough. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So like, I really wish uh, that instead of having people who need money go to and it takes like 90 minutes to do a donation to do plasmapheresis, which is a pretty good chunk of time plus you know transportation to and from wherever the place is located so like when you consider now <laughs> as a spoiled tech worker like the the amount of money you get is nowhere near <laughs> what what uh i would want to for that amount of time and trouble um yeah 30 which, to 50 dollars which like yeah <laughs> yeah i think i can donate plasma to the red cross like for free but they don't 
generally do that in the blood mobile when they come to your office, unfortunately, because I have the most useless blood, but I have the most useful plasma because I don't know, somehow that works out that way. But I just I find it really horrifying that that that's like an expected part of some people's income, like they can't get by without periodically selling bodily fluids to medical companies who then sell it to other medical companies for like, you know, 50 times as much money or whatever, like. Right. The rest of the numbers in that uh, train are the collection costs uh, $150 of, I don't know if that includes their payout and if it's like time for whoever's doing it because these are, you know, businesses, not government workers. It costs three times as much like in whatever to get it out of you. So that's markup number one that you're not seeing. Um, you know, because you're just a part. <laughs> right. Uh, and then, like, the final sale cost is 500 which, of course, is more than a 100% markup, <laughs> <laughs> which is envious in uh, any physical goods industry. And they're harvesting people, which is just, you know, it's just a little bit upsetting. And I really feel like it should be our responsibility as a supposedly developed we like to call ourselves first world nation to kind of take care of our own people so they don't have to do that now but but on the other on and on of course on the other side of that is there's a there's a really big need for plasma for a bunch of different kinds of medical treatments and probably if there weren't a class of desperate people willing to sell bodily fluids uh for 50 bucks a pop there might be uh, less of a supply and medic medical costs for these treatments would go up and that would suck. So it's like, we really need to make a synthetic version. <laughs> or just have some damn safety nets because like with the blood mobile that shows up at your office, peer pressure works. But <laughs> with the much greater duration that it takes to get plasma, like you can't really do that in an office unless mm -hmm. like, the two-hour paid break is part of the deal. As a spoiled tech worker, I could, but most people could not. Right. Uh, you're not going to go up to a superstore I worked at in 2005 where I had <laughs> uh, forced unpaid breaks and be able to do it there, for example. You know. But also uh, affecting the supply and demand problem uh, are the rich people who just pay for people's blood. Yeah, I, I uh, really thought that wasn't a real thing. <laughs> but apparently there was some, I guess it was a startup who that was selling uh, young blood <laughs> mm -hmm. to, to rich people who thought that it would somehow make them younger, which is a stupid idea because the whole reason why we age and die has to do with uh, breakdown of our DNA uh and cell death and and you know basically there's kind of like oh i forget what it's called i was just reading about this too i should have i should have pulled it up again but anyway like the telomeres start falling off of yeah that's that's the yeah. one and you know we are making inroads in that kind of stuff but the point is it's it's a uh, <laughs> it's a full body approach you can't yeah, and... just use blood <laughs> And if you could actually, I mean, that the, the thing about the uh, immortal uh, cells is that's, we call that cancer. Um, so yep. even if <laughs> young blood were effective in shutting that whole process down, you don't want that. 
<laughs> you kind of have to resign yourself to the fact that, you know, after a certain point, you're going to fall apart and die. And that's just going to happen. And it's part of life. And if it didn't happen, then we would still have, well, we still have white supremacists, but um, <laughs> few, fewer of them. For example, my grandmother, who is super racist, she died. And none of us grandchildren are racist. So, you know, net win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and whatever people are being uh, compensated while they're being harvested for that, <laughs> the final price uh, for those is uh, like eight grand. Yeah. And it mentions ages 16 to 25. I think there might be some consent problems there as well. Yeah. I wonder whose parents are selling their children's blood. I mean, because you, you, <sighs> you need... When we did a blood drive at my high school, if you were under 18, you definitely you had to have a permission slip. Right. Yeah. High school blood drives are a pretty good idea, except that a lot of uh, the girls are too light. <laughs> I was anemic, uh, although I was certainly big enough, like in volume, because um, I was, you know, still five foot nine. <laughs> but I don't like the idea of people selling parts of their bodies uh, out of desperation like even like and it's always such a hard thing because like your your traditional selling parts of your body for profit was like sperm donation and then egg donation egg donation being a much more uh difficult process and lucrative <laughs> yes you could get like you could probably get depending on you know what college you went to and if you're thin and pretty and whatever yeah you could you could get like twenty thousand dollars or more um, but what you have to put yourself through for that is pretty bad. Uh, but on the other hand, you are helping somebody have a child who desperately wants one. But on the other hand, like, on the other other hand, I forget how many hands we're at now. It's a lot. There's always a lot of hands. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. everything's very complicated in the in the real actual world. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all very ethically gray. Uh, but speaking of making someone cry for a couple days for money. <laughs> Just in the process of pulling this together, an article flew by why crying employees can sometimes be a sign of a healthy workplace. Yeah, and I, I do like your commentary on that, that uh, that does not mean that it's okay if your workplace is making you cry. <laughs> like, this is like, you know, so one of my coworkers has cancer, and if we, you know, collectively all felt bad about it and had a had a group cry, like, that would be you know, not a healthy team building activity, but like that would be fine. Not fine is if one of us was bullying one of the others to the, to the point that we had to go have a cry in the bathroom. Yeah. And the article sort of has one like little sentence that like you feel was put in by the editor about that, but like a lot more space wasted on like managers making people cry without saying it's bad every single time. <laughs> Yeah, it's real bad. If your manager's making you cry and it's not because they, you know, gave you an extra day off for a funeral or something. Like, right. That's super bad. Yeah. People need to not be abusive to one another, particularly in the workplace. Yeah. Uh, and that counts as vampirism because uh, emotional vampires are a thing, whether it's intentional or not. You know, it is. <laughs> are you going to make me try to pronounce schadenfreude? Freud? Schadenfreude? Yeah, schadenfreude, where people are getting off in one way or another at someone else's suffering. Although typically with schadenfreude, you're not supposed to have caused the other person's suffering. Well, that's true, yeah. 
I'm I'm sure they are, there's a more specific German word then. <laughs> right. Whatever the German <laughs> compound word for being a huge dick is. Nazi? Mm, maybe. <laughs> uh, and finally, apparently someone thought it was a good idea to privatize collection from organ donors. Ugh. So now there's this thing where uh, a body that's practically still warm will be well, harvested. Legally, sort of. Because the sort of is cause of death not determined and might have been a crime. And mm. uh, like, if we needed to know this bone was broken, uh, you know, and like had healed or like the kind of thing. But you took the arm bone. I wonder what they do with arm bones. Because you definitely don't have an arm bone transplant. Maybe they just harvest the bone there, but then you're dead. I don't know. I find that really strange. I mean, I guess they do all kinds of things with all kinds of parts. And obviously, yeah. organ donation is good. Like, people should do it. You're dead. You don't need those organs anymore, and they might help somebody. However, it's pretty bad if uh, a criminal gets to keep criming because their crimes remained undetected because of the rush to harvest yeah. <laughs> uh, pieces of a recently deceased person. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to end up with the serial killer who uh, uh, is like a bouncer checking for ID and is keeping track of all the uh, uh, donor stickers to pick their victims. I mean, it, it used to be a thing that, you know, if, if you couldn't harvest a fresh corpse for a medical school back when that was difficult to do, like, there were totally murderers who specialized in selling fresh bodies to uh Yeah, well the price students. was so good. Yeah, and it's probably I I'm really uncomfortable when anything like that is privatized, like selling your bodily fluids, I or even harvesting your bodily fluids. I I feel like that should definitely be at least a nonprofit thing. I I <laughs> I'm super uncomfortable with the idea of anybody profiting off of anybody's body, living or dead, uh, except in the case of sex workers who are consenting to, etc. And even then, only within the parameters that they set for themselves. Wasn't it nice when, literally during the first term of the nation, where skeletons in a politician's closet were just literally the bodies for science in Ben Franklin's house? <laughs> It was a different time. <laughs> Somehow not worse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And, and I saw you threw in, in there that uh, just to wrap up our, our general theme of Eat the Rich. Yep. <laughs> that uh, article about the glass floor, which is how if you are the child of a rich person, it doesn't matter what you do, you will never get, you'll never uh, find yourself below the sea level. Yep. Because your your parents' money will ensure that you have an easy time of it forever, which uh, sucks. Because, <laughs> uh, and as the article points out, not only does that like neglect the talents and intelligence of people who weren't born to rich people, but you got a bunch of idiots in the C-suite, <laughs> like yeah, like like Don junior who allegedly graduated from wharton at the university of pennsylvania like he's a big dummy is the thing yeah and it's uh, dug into the uh, ivy leagues as well where it's like more than half are people who got there 
by their pedigree. <laughs> of white people. It's less so for people of color. Well, I meant overall. Did it, oh, what, okay. did it come out in the wash or not? Probably. Um, They're pretty white, most of those schools. Yeah, but, you mm. know, if if you... You should definitely be a lot more suspicious of a white person from an Ivy than of a person of color from an Ivy. There's a much better chance that the person of color earned their way into it. Right, it's probably, like, 100% uh, legacies for the white people. And <laughs> since it's majority white, then well, there you go, majority of the student body. <laughs> It's like legacies <laughs> and then the children of, of on the dean's interest yes, list, the dean's which is interest rich list. fuckers. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, white people for the crew team and the sailing team and perhaps the equestrian team. All these very white sports because the Ivies, like, they have football teams, but that's not really, like, the focus. Yeah, I think the, the last part. time Princeton played football was that... Uh, birth of college football game against Rutgers in <laughs> 200 years ago where I don't even know why they call that football. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's what all the white people are. Yeah. Not all, but but a lot. A substantial proportion. It's not our fault we can't find black people who know how to compete in the regatta. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> who's been stopping them from sailing yachts all these years? It's a pipeline problem, not anything we're doing. Right. We just need to get, you know, more Latino people into crew. Yeah. <laughs> it's really difficult when you're a person who, like, is smart and works hard and you know that you just can't get above a certain level because it's full of the rich the idiots who are the children of, you know, the CEO or some other company CEO. Like, they're part of a class. They're part of... They're part of the ruling class of this yep. country that we weren't supposed to have, but we do. Yep, because somehow an aristocracy isn't a monarchy, so it's fine. It's totally different. Yeah, I mean... Because capitalism know. totally put them there, despite the fact that there is nothing capitalistic about uh, venture funding instead of, <laughs> you know, your fucking company having to pull itself up on its bootstraps by having a profitable <laughs> product, for example... Like, the, the piece opens with Kid, who is son of Michael Dell of Dell Computers, mm -hmm. decided, uh, must have watched The Social Network, like, three <laughs> years later, and decided, uh, what if Tinder, but, like, just for Harvard? And it's like, okay, original. Um, mm -hmm. And then got a bunch of VC funding, and, you know, like, 10 users signed up kind of thing, like... <laughs> and, of course, like, that's not a black mark on his record, because he comes up with the next completely ridiculous idea um gets more vc funding that's just pissed away because mostly these angel investors probably just want to stay on dell mr dell's um <laughs> good side just in case i don't know or they're like his godfather they've known him all his life he's a good kid but but actually he's you know a worthless idiot who now gets to call himself a serial entrepreneur, which just means a fucking failure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, if if you're calling yourself a serial entrepreneur, that means that you're not currently the president of something viable. Yeah. Means you're looking for your next thing, means that you've already failed at your last thing. Which, I mean, okay, so for, for anything new to happen, you know, failures happen too, and eventually, whatever. But like, if you're just some idiot rich kid, like, 
you're not going to be the guy who comes up with the next great thing, or in the case of Facebook, the next turns out to be terrible thing. Right. It's 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 so awful because like I genuinely do use Facebook to like kind of keep up with my family, but then I had to unfriend and block a bunch of them because they're racist. Yeah. And they kept sharing racist memes or fake news, not the Republican version, which is true news. <laughs> <laughs> but the actual kind where like you know like i i had a former coworker block me because she she posted some blue lives matter nonsense about people deliberately you know having coordinated attacks on the police which is not a fucking thing that happens what actually happens is police shoot black people in their homes mm -hmm. for you know being there well yes the crime of existing while black yeah it used to be that you know as of like you know a year ago you, you generally didn't get randomly shot by the police just for being black, you know, unless you were outside of your house. Generally, when you were inside of your house, well, that's not really true because sometimes they throw a grenade and kill the baby. And uh, yeah, never mind. It's always been terrible. Everything's terrible. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to end on terrible for a while because <laughs> uh, I'll be on vacation next week. So we won't bother doing an emergency episode unless there's an Apple event announced. <laughs> in which case, no one will care if my audio quality is middle of a field in Pennsylvania and AirPods. <laughs> yeah, better you than me to edit it, though. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> They're probably every bit as leaky as EarPods, and EarPods are terrible. Yeah. Although it probably helps that I never shout into the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. And on that ambiguous note... <laughs>